We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. I'm sure it's going to be a spicy one tonight. Glad to have you with us. IB Nation Sports Talk. And it is midweek mailbag night. And this will be, of course, as it says in the title of the show. Excuse me, a little bit clumped right away. Oh. Gino Gaduli slash Jared Parker. Midweek mailbag show. Tell you what, it's happening, Vince. You know, when it happens... It happens. It just like it drops out of the blue and it just boom falls right on top of you. It the last 48 hours have been friggin' nutty, right? You and I sat here on Monday, right? And we were talking about Andy Ludwig. Looks like he's gonna be the next OC. Brian and I did a two-hour show on Saturday about that possibility and all these different things. And here we sit with one name that I had never heard of. Uh, before a couple of hours ago and uh, potentially an offensive coordinator that was pretty low on my list uh, at the time and but here we are it's amazing how things change in 48 hours and I've got plenty to say on all of it seriously Tommy Guns I hope this doesn't mean that we're (laughs) gonna put you to sleep if you're only here for a few minutes before your nap throw in a question if you by the way Tommy has very um uh, Shay in uh, Shay and Irving vibes. You know who Shay and Irving is? I have that, no, I do not. So you never used to listen to like the Dan Patrick show or anything like that? Not as religiously as you did. Yeah. Shay and Irving is a, a Dallas Cowboys fan who used to call in, you know, to the to the show <laughs> a lot of Mondays, and he became very famous because okay. he's like Danny, <laughs> gotcha. gotta get rid of that ginger. You know, he would he would rip on Jason Garrett and he's parlayed it into uh, you know, like his own podcast and all that wow. kind of stuff. Okay. Big Twitter following and all that kind of stuff. So nice. Uh yeah, and, and see Father David Penny says that's a great call, John. And there you it's go. Just like that's that's the vibe I get from from Tommy Guns from time to time. But uh hey, hit that like button if you would and uh help out the Irish breakdown platform. <laughs> and uh, Let's get going tonight. So uh, let's just start, Vince. Before we take a couple questions, what what did what do you think? Like your immediate response to this Gino Gadouli news? Uh, you know, he was, of course, offensive coordinator 
for a short time in Cincinnati, quarterbacks coach before that in Cincinnati, passing game coordinator, he, coordinator, he and Marcus Freeman worked together yeah. there. He followed Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, and now he is going to be the quarterbacks coach here for uh, reportedly any, you know, it's like the yeah, Irish like Town has report, you know, we're, we're pretty confident yes. in that. But uh, Gino Gadulli is going to be the quarterbacks coach. Well, it's um, again, this was this would be the name that I had not anticipated uh, when we were talking about this 48 hours ago. This is not a name I anticipated when I woke up this morning. So I give Marcus Freeman a lot of credit for pivoting on a dime and not only bringing a quarterback's coach in, which obviously insinuates what they're going to do at the offensive coordinator position, but also to snatch him away from Wisconsin and Luke Fickle. I mean, he was at Wisconsin for a month, month and a half. Yeah. And now he's going to be coming to Notre Dame. And, you know, I don't know what his full title is going to be. Is he going to be a passing game coordinator at Notre Dame? Is he just going to be the quarterback's coach? I don't know the answer to that. He was going to be a co-offensive coordinator or passing coordinator at, at Wisconsin. And now he's coming to Notre Dame. I mean, that must have been one hell of a sales pitch, honestly, if he already decided to uproot and go to Wisconsin, and now he's he's going to double back and come to Notre Dame. So now, from a coaching resume standpoint, from a quarterback development standpoint, from a quarterback recruiting standpoint, this, in a nutshell, in a in a vacuum of quarterback coaching, is a home run. I mean, he's a he's an excellent quarterbacks coach, right? And so, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a quarterbacks coach. This is a home run. There's no doubt about it, right? Now, I don't think any of us saw it going this direction, that it would be just a quarterback's coach. We think we all assumed it was going to be an offensive coordinator slash quarterback's coach. But since this is kind of the way they're doing it, this is a home run hire. He is, he has a proven track record of being an excellent developer of talent. He's a, got a proven track record of calling plays uh, with uh, from his coordinator position when he was at Cincinnati. This this guy is a proven coach, and this is a home run as far as that is concerned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. 
In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com Irish. That's athleticgreens.com Irish. Check it out. And and there's nothing wrong with having another Italian on the staff either. I mean, he's got the yeah, that's right. He's got the chops. He's got the background. You look at Desmond yeah. Ritter. He was a three-star guy at Cincinnati. Took him to the college football playoff. He ends up being a third-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons. And by yeah. you know before the season was over, he overtook Marcus Mariota as as the starting quarterback in Atlanta. So you know it's it's a body of one, you know, really. But at the same time, when you look at that one guy and the fact that he was part of a staff that got Cincinnati to the college football playoff, as was Brian Mason for that matter, you know, and it's like, I guess the only thing is it's like, okay, great. So Marcus Freeman's going out and hiring another one of his friends and and bringing him on the staff. And now you're basically going to have his best friend potentially being the offensive coordinator, being Jared Parker, of course. And, and Gadouli is going to be the quarterback coach. And, you know, you and I used to have these conversations because I, you know, again, like, are they, are they getting the best person for the job or are they just, you know, are they, again, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, are they bargain hunting? Are they out at the dollar store sure. right now? Because Jack Swarbrick's too cheap to, to put the bill to get the guy that Marcus Freeman really wanted. It just feels like with that in mind, Marcus Freeman's saying, look, you're not going to get the guy that I that I wanted to go out and get outside. You're not willing to pay the price for him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna surround myself by guys who I trust the most. Exactly. And and you know, that's that's a big we we both coach, and that's what I was yep. kind of leading to. We we've had these conversations way back when when we were both coaching. Like, you know, you can you can figure some things out once you get them on the staff, and you already obviously have a feel for guys on the staff. Trust goes a long way, and oh, yeah. it, if the, there's there's obviously some some pushing and shoving going on right mm-hmm. now, and there's a matter of trust internally, you know. And I'm talking about you know between administration and coaching and, and everything else. And if there there are matters of trust, you've got to have the guys who you trust the most around you, who you also obviously feel can do the job. Because now Marcus Freeman, you know, it's it's one thing to have them. But this really all falls on Marcus Freeman now, you know, by by him making this decision to uh, put Parker in charge and to bring in Gadouli along with him. It's it all falls on Marcus Freeman. It, it you know it's like he's yeah. pushing all of his chips to the table, and it becomes sink or swim pretty quickly for him. And I have no problem with that. No, I don't it, either. It's his I'm program, just, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I I'm I'm just gonna continue on on kind of that that thought process he was hired to be the head coach at Notre Dame right and let's be honest we all know that there were some certain coaches that were 
put on the staff that he may or may not have hired himself. Well, I'll just say that. Now he's got an opportunity to make this staff his own, bringing in guys that he trusts, guys that he knows are going to, for lack of a better term, toe the company line, and they're going to echo his voice. His voice is the most important voice. He's the head football coach. Right. Okay. And when you bring in people that you know, you bring in people that you trust, you know that you don't have to have your thumb on them all the time and that they're going to be echoing what you have to say and what you want the program to be. I have no problem with that whatsoever. And look, Marcus Friedman's either going to be successful or he's not. And the way I always looked at it as a head coach, if I'm not going to be successful, I'm going to not be successful my way. And that way, if I am successful, I'm successful my way. At least you're doing it your way and you're giving the opportunity that when you were hired, you're going to do it the way you think it needs to be done. And if it doesn't work, hey, that's on me. I did it my way. And if it does work, then he deserves the credit as well. And so I, I'm i interested to see where this all goes. No no doubt about that. Yeah. So Salty says, buy or sell by bringing in and hiring his guys. Marcus Freeman can rally the team and the coaches. Uh, win against all enemies, internal and external this right. season. There's clearly internal issues here. Okay. Yes. Whether it's within the not within staff, the staff, but right. within the building. I don't think that's an issue anymore, <laughs> and I think it's within the entire Notre Dame football slash athletics side of things, right? Yeah. The, the Notre Dame program, let's call it that. There's issues there, right? There, there's there's issues with execution when it comes to how this coaching hire, uh, this coaching hiring process was done major issues and if you're on the message board you know what i'm talking about and then kind of using it as an excuse to not bring this guy in and so it's like hey if we're not going to bring this guy in if we're not going to do that then we're going to do it my way and we're going to do it with my guys and this is what we're going to do and yeah. again sink or swim marcus freeman's going to do it his way i have no problem with that no i don't either you know i, I think there were matters of Maybe who, you know, you start to, who's getting the credit and, you know, who's loved the most and <laughs> all that, you know, just all kinds of stupid stuff that come along with it. And, sure. you know, again, like this, this blew up in a big way. And to me, all the egg is on the administration's face. Oh, absolutely. And it's a bad and look. Again, it's embarrassing, yeah. frankly. Yeah, it's completely embarrassing. Not, not just that they wouldn't pay it but that they had no idea what it actually was that they were supposed to be paying to pay. Like that's embarrassing because right. if they knew what the buyout was and they weren't willing to pay it, they would not have brought him in for the interview and the dog and pony show and the hockey game and all of those different things that would have never happened. And so the people out there reporting that Notre Dame knew what the full buyout was before they brought him in, that's nonsense. That's false. That's it's a hundred percent false. There were Nobody, two different there were two different contracts. Correct. And they, you know, they had the wrong number, but through due diligence, they should have been able to figure out that that was the wrong number to begin with. And then, you know, to parade him out there in public at a hockey game where they obviously wanted to be yes. seen. Oh, just, 100%. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was a dog and pony show, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree on that and they don't bring him in if they knew that they weren't going to pay the buyout. Somebody I heard somebody say that 
you know, they brought him in in hopes that they could negotiate a lower buyout if he decided to take the job. Nonsense. That is not at all what happened. I'm sorry. You don't bring somebody in on the off chance that you're going to be able to negotiate a lower buyout. No. that's They brought him in thinking the buyout was way, way, way less. And when he said he wanted the job and they went to go do it, they're like, yeah, where's our check? And Notre Dame was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? Like, that's how that went down. And that's a dollars right? Oh, no. You can multiply that by uh, 10 or 15 or, you know, whatever. Like, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. And Notre Dame deserves all the negative press that comes their way on that one. They do. And the sad part about the whole thing, Sean, and I definitely want to discuss this particular comment sure the sad part i think it goes along with what we're talking so that's why i went ahead and threw it up there the sad part about this whole thing is whoever notre dame ends up hiring and yes reports are saying that it's going to be jared parker uh is it's going to look like he is the fallback position he is the the afterthought he's not and not just a second choice because he is an internal guy it makes it look you know even farther down like absolutely like you you were the bargain basement brand you know yes. you were you were the off brand mm-hmm. that we got you know you didn't get the you didn't get the good shoes you got the new balance the boston college is wearing. uh i know. wear new balance well uh, now let me let me let me just new balance baseball shoes i really okay. like new okay. balance basketball shoes fair enough football shoes that's another story i think fair enough i got my new balance sneakers okay that i wear all okay. right they're comfy i was, I was anyway a, i was a big proponent of new balance baseball <laughs> Focus. Okay, fair enough. Go with but that. Edward Duncan has the comment here. He says, Heather Dinich was interviewed on the Paul Feinbaum show. That was a mistake. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and it was Lud- was IR? I don't know. Um, was Ludwig changed his mind? Either. Notre Dame was willing to pay the buyout. That is false. That is false. He did not change his mind. In fact, what I had heard from my sources is that he was planning on bringing the offensive line coach with him it was a, it was essentially signed, sealed, delivered, and then Notre Dame was like, "Not so fast, my friend. We're not paying that." Right. So he did not but change again, his mind. He was on board. Yeah, yeah. Again, like you have two guys who have worked together for several years at this point. Why would you not want? Why would that not be worth right. paying that buyout if you're Notre Dame? It's ridiculous because. Um, there's a question that I'm going to have to find here. I think we've got it started up. I I'm think. trying to star some stuff. Nope, here it is. Here it is from Salty. Complete the analogy. Jack Swarbrick is to Jerry Jones as a pig is to blank. Well, I don't know about the pig, but <laughs> you know, someone was bringing up the Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys analogy yesterday, and that's that's where this is heading with Jack Swarbrick right now. You know, like by wanting to keep around Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator, which at the time, given the circumstances, I had no problem with. You had a first-time head coach and a you know an offensive coordinator who also appeared to be well-liked, who had obviously played here and been here and, and been coordinator and all that stuff. But now, when, when the guy at the top who is not the football guy decides that he wants to be the ones who's pulling the strings on this stuff, it doesn't work. Like you can still put a sometimes viable product on the field if you're going to use, you know, Jerry and, and the Cowboys, which I know intimately, you know, as as the example, you can still put a sometimes viable product on the field 
But at the end of the day, it is still a dysfunctional organization because there is no accountability at the top for the people making those decisions, you know? And that's yeah. it's what it comes down to for me. So it's yep. you you you've you've got to let the head football coach, when you know, when you're talking this kind of program, a, a high profile, one of the right. most high profile power five programs, you have to give the head football coach the autonomy to make the decisions and and make the hires that he wants to make. And a couple million bucks for Notre Dame. You know, we went through it all yesterday, but it should not be an issue. And it is. I completely agree. And, you know, does this mean that the Notre Dame offense is going to be horrible and, you know, they're not going to know how to tie their shoes and all of those different things? No. Uh, look, this offense still has a ton of talent and a ton of possibilities and a ton of potential. We were all looking for somebody that had a bunch of experience as an offensive coordinator and as a play caller. And all. Well, and that's... Yes. No doubt. You're going to have less experience now than yes. what you just had. Like, oh, there's, know, and look, that's here's what, the bottom it, what line. is what is the Jared Parker offense going to look like? We don't know because right. the offense he was running, Neil Brown's offense in West Virginia, not his, calling plays in somebody else's offense. What is the Jared Parker offense even going to look like? We right. have no clue at this point. Right. And and I have I have an idea based on some sourcing and, and some things that I I've gotten over the past couple of hours really and <clears throat> i i think i i feel like jared parker is going to be much more of a fundamentally sound coach on the offensive side the offense that he was running in west virginia was not his own that is not what he believes in i do know that for sure and so based on what i've been able to tell what he believes in is so so the last offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, was, man, we got to get into the perfect play based on the defense. Like, that was kind of his thing. That's his philosophy, right? Right. It sounds to me like Jared Parker is more along the lines of, I just need to make sure that these guys understand why and what they're doing. And if that means we have to pare things down, then that means we got to pare things down. It's more important to understand why you are – at six yard splits as opposed to seven yard splits and the fundamentals of the offense, it's more important there than it is to be in the perfect play. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so if that's true, then that excites me about what Jared Parker can bring to this offense. That excites me. Right. And then you pair him with an experienced quarterbacks coach who is an experienced play caller. And I start to feel a little bit better about the situation. Look, Jared Parker was still not one of my top tier guys. I'm still disappointed in the entire situation. That does not mean that Notre Dame can't be successful right. with this coaching staff. In There's place. just a lot more uncertainty. Absolutely. Right because Absolutely. You know, the first time you can't get the guys on the field in time or lined up in time, it's like, well, yeah. An experienced offensive coordinator, or you know, the first time. The play blows, you know, all these little things that, you know, clock management, all these little things. Now, ultimately, clock management still falls on the head coach, but still, you have to have confidence in the offensive operation that they're going to put you where you need to. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's, uh, I'll be curious to see, like, how much it, it still looks like what we just saw based on the fact that that's what everybody, you know, with the exception of Sam Hartman and the freshman, that's what they all know. 
you know, like how much of it, how much of that he incorporates, you know, that you can still change some of the philosophies like you're talking about, but as far as the operation itself, like, does it look more like what they were running in Cincinnati, for example, when, when Gadouli was there? Right. It's going to be very, it's going to be more interesting, I would say for spring practice to kind of get an eye on what the offense is doing, as opposed to if, Andy Ludwig was going to be the offensive coordinator because I think we know we would know kind of what we were looking at, you know, based on what he's done throughout his career, right? This is going to be a big question mark. Maybe that could be to Notre Dame's benefit that really no one knows what a Jared Parker offense looks like mm-hmm. moving forward. So that could be an X's and O's advantage for Notre Dame. Yeah, it's a little bit of spin on my part. There's no doubt because at first I was disappointed. I kind of liken it to when Jack Cohn was picked up by Notre Dame. At first, I was like, really? Jack Cohn? Like, that's that's the savior. (laughs) That's the guy, right? Okay. But then when you start to dig in a little bit and you start to watch his film or you start to talk to people that know Jared Parker, you know, okay. I start to get a little bit more okay with things, a little bit more excited. But the proof's in the pudding, right? I mean – you got a ton of talent on this offensive side of the football. You better be successful. He's got a lot riding on that. Yeah. Salty's asking, well, Parker, who excels at wide receiver coaching and with Geno, an excellent quarterback coach, favor a pro-style offense with heavy use of wide receivers, new and old, if so, seasons, a great <laughs> one. And, and, you know, that that was Parker's background, you know, along with being the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. He was coaching wide receivers there so it'll be I I will be curious to see like do we see just like drastically different looking concepts and just overall you know yeah from what the wide receiver some of the things that you were talking about with the wide receivers finding ways to get these young guys on the field because you're going to need them because they're very talented and you know like your your wide receiver room is more young. than half full of very young guys. Oh, yeah. Bringing in four true young freshmen. and talented guys. That's right. And, and yeah. I mean, you've got youth across the board. And if you don't have youth, you certainly have an experience. Right. And the last regime for the last 12 years has been, well, they don't know the whole playbook. They can't, you know, they can't participate. Well, I'm hoping with the new change in things that, okay. Maybe this kid doesn't need to know the whole playbook. Maybe he just needs to know this, this, and this. We get him on the field and showcase his talent. Maybe find a matchup that we like. You know, whatever the case may be, right? So <clears throat> that's my hope moving forward. I, I had that hope when I thought Andy Ludwig was going to be the offensive coordinator. I still have that hope moving forward. But you're right. The biggest issue with this entire thing, which honestly makes for good podcasts and good radio shows and things are we don't know there there are massive question marks going into this thing massive question marks you're absolutely right greg says notre dame has a strong running game and unproven wide receivers so let's pass the ball this needs like a sarcastic emoji yes, just a little or, bit you know whatever or font there but Based on what we know about Marcus Freeman and everything he said, he he still wants a physical, I don't know, run first, but a physical running sure. football team. That's still going to be a priority right. in the passing game. You know, it will come off that. And I mean, that's it's absolutely right. The, you know, the the 
position of strength right now is still the running back room. And there are a no lot doubt. of different ways you can incorporate them. You know, and like Jesse brought out the whiteboard last night and had some good stuff for the running backs. And, you know, I've been talking about Dela McCullough and that connection to Kansas City with the Chiefs. And look at all – I mean, like, look at the Chiefs wide receivers, Pacheco and McKinnon. It's like, I don't know if it's just because they were 10-1, and one, but they look like wide receivers coming out of the backfield. Yeah. You know, I realize they have – um Edwards Alaire but he was you know hurt for most of this season but still it's like they know how to use those running backs in Kansas City and that's that's I'd like to see sure especially the way this is shaping up right now with with Parker taking over and and, and bringing in Gadouli I would, you wouldn't mind seeing some input you know from the running game operation from a guy like McCullough who's who's got a ton of experience with a real you know a winning program like he did well, I mean, you'd be foolish, whoever comes in as the offensive coordinator, you're foolish not to look at your team and look where the strengths are and play off of that, right? I mean, we can all agree that the running back room is a strength. Maybe we can all agree the offensive line is a strength. You play off of that. And I think we can all agree that most likely the quarterback is going to be a strength. So you play off of all of those different things and you can be really successful. I mean... The players that Notre Dame has, the roster that they have, is going to make whoever the offensive coordinator is look pretty darn good the vast majority of the time. And if you have a good offensive coordinator, it's going to make them look good a lot of the time. Yeah. So that's what Notre Dame has. He's not he's not walking into a dumpster fire. And one of the bonuses for Jared Parker is that, and it's not it's Jared, not Gerard, for all of those who don't know how to pronounce names like the radio I was listening to on the way home. Uh, but why do, you, why do you even reference that tool? I have to because it just makes me feel better <laughs> about myself. To make generally, pressure go up. <laughs> just makes me feel better. Um, but he that's knows. Another, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just gonna say he knows the roster, and so that's a benefit too. Yes, you can learn the roster and all of that, but he knows the roster. He knows a lot of these guys' strengths and weaknesses. That can help him in play calling and, you know, all of those different things. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to be disappointed about. Absolutely. And there's a lot to be pissed off about, too. <laughs> Derek's sarcastic question. Is this who Tim Brown? <laughs> Probably not. It's like, are, have we been stalking Tim Brown's Twitter? Have we been hitting refresh so we can see what Tim Brown thinks about <laughs> this at this point? <laughs> and uh, guitar. 60253. That's the problem. This is not his his staff. He just tried to hire his staff in the administration. Said no. Well, and that's not 100 percent true, though, because I think he tried to go out and make the big splash offensive coordinator hire. And I think obviously Notre Dame would have been great with him. But now he's hiring his staff. He had no connection to Andy Ludwig, to my knowledge, going in. He has a connection to Jared Parker. He has a connection to the new quarterback coach. I'm not ready to say his name yet. I haven't practiced it enough. He's got connections. Gadouli. Gadouli. Hey. Gadouli. Pass the cannoli. Gadouli. All right. I'm going to get it. So he's got connections to these guys. These guys are more his staff than Ludwig is. If I was making the argument. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not the guy that he was originally going. I mean, they're, they're, there were kind of rumblings that, you know, all along during the initial phase of the process that Freeman really wanted to hire Parker, but because of the inexperience, he was looking outside more to bring sure. in someone with more experience. And then maybe the next time around, Parker 
ended up getting a promotion, you know, in two or three years or something like that. If someone, you know, ended up getting a head coaching job or whatever out of it, whoever he was going to bring in, whether it was Ludwig or somebody else, I guess, you know, kind of part of my question as well now is because of the fact that Tommy Reese was here and was already the offensive coordinator and was obviously the offensive mind and was given a good deal of autonomy, like how much, how much sort of input slash oversight as a first year plus head coach is Marcus Freeman going to have on this offense now? Like how much is he going to help mold this or is he just going to hand it off to these guys and, you know, tell them to go into the lab and, and, and come out and figure out what the offense is going to be. I think the second half of the season, Marcus Freeman had a much bigger hand in what the offense was going to do. And I feel like, I feel like Marcus Freeman has, you know, used all of these experiences over his first year as head coach to his benefit. And I think he's going to have more of a say on both sides of the ball moving forward. I think, I think he took a very much a CEO, you know, approach at first and like midway through the season, specifically after the Stanford loss, he's like, yeah, this isn't working. And I think he put his stamp a little bit more on both sides of the football and you saw the results. On both sides, offensively and defensively. Yes, the USC game was terrible. I get it on both sides. But for the most part, they went 6-1 and one down the stretch, right? And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Marcus Freeman wasn't just going to sit back and let the coaches coach. He was going to be the head coach, and he was going to have his hand in the mix. And I think that's going to continue moving forward. And the fact that he, okay, you're not going to get the guy that I want, the big splash guy, fine. I'm going to do it my way. This could very well, and I'm not a fortune teller. This could very well end up working out really well for Notre Dame because of the, I mean, it could, but it could also blow up. We just absolutely, we don't know. But at the end of the day, he's doing it his way. And that's great. I'm fine with that. I've said before, I'm not going to spray perfume on a pig, you know, for sure. It's it's embarrassing. we We don't know right now. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's a big what if. It's a big question mark, and this this is a point in in Parker's favor. I, I'm not saying that this is the only factor, but as Decaf 18 says, Parker has a connection to the 24, 2024 recruits also, which that's again, it's a it's a point in his favor, but it, it definitely was not the deciding factor. But it at least is, you know, good because he does have that connection already he's he's been here and he's he's been recruiting and you know by all accounts it seems to be going well for him so right again not you know nothing to put him over the top somebody um, thinks you and i are playing for notre dame <laughs> yeah no, not, like they, you and i aren't going to win the usc game they're not calling me I, i'm not i'm not the one playing so who is this guy uh the guitar guy oh guitar guy yeah, he says, you're not winning the USC game this year either. Well, no. I'm not playing in it, so I'm not going to win it or lose it, frankly. So I guess we have a troll disguising himself as a guitar. <laughs> I guess. Basically. Like, it's all good. You're right. So, I'm not going to so, beat him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I wasn't going to get a ring anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, if Notre Dame wins the national championship someday, they're not giving us rings. No. So no, it's not how it works. That's right. We won't even get a free jacket out of the deal. No, it's a shame. Uh, Keith, I've heard Ron Paulus's name mentioned a lot the last few days. What exactly was his role in the Ludwig debacle? 
I will sugarcoat it a little bit, but he's he's part of the hiring group, right? I mean, he was involved very much. He is the associate athletic director for football. He is, from all intents and purposes, from what we can gather, the hand-picked successor to Jack Swarbrick. And he was 100% involved in this scenario that went wrong. He was very much involved. So that's what I'll say. If you're a member of the message board, it's on there. And I don't want to get in trouble for releasing information, you know, even though it was up there about 24 hours ago. Uh, but it, it is on the message board. So hop on over to boards.irishbreakdown.com. That's right. But it's out there. There and are things we don't talk about in the open, but you right. can, you know. He was involved. <laughs> Go to the cone of silence slash <laughs> the message board. You can find it out. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, Anthony, with the latest Notre Dame blunder on hiring an OC, would you say the Notre Dame is cheap reputation is true? And will it be used to negatively recruit against Notre Dame? Uh, yes. And yes, of course, it's going to be used to negatively. People make things up to negatively. I was going to say, you use anything you can why, to negatively why would, recruit. <laughs> Why yeah. would you not use this to negatively recruit against them? Hey, they're not willing to go the extra mile. We are. You know, why would you not use that? I would. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. There is no way to spin this whole scenario. There's no way to positively spin it. There's not. You just got to wait for the next news cycle. That, that's all there is to it. It, it, it I, I thought Notre Dame had turned the corner when they hired Marcus Freeman and Jack told Brian Kelly, hey, cost isn't an issue. Whatever LSU wants to pay him, we'll pay him. Like, that's not an issue. Get him here. I thought Notre Dame had turned the corner. I really did. And then we heard that they were willing to match whatever Reese was going to get at Alabama. Okay. And then this. And it's like two steps forward, 700,000 steps back. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. It's not good. And, yes, you can absolutely negatively recruit with that. Yeah. It's, you know, like I said yesterday, you're – just the message that you're sending to everybody is so bad and you're just giving ammunition to the teams you're recruiting against. You know, the, the, the only good part of this whole thing is you still have Marcus Freeman right now. And, and, right. you know, he's, he's the point guy in recruiting and it's the relationships that he's built. They're going to hopefully keep this strong. It, they're, they're going to have to at this point, you know, it's right. like, and it, and it's less, that you lose a guy like Tommy Reese, I think you know, like this stuff that's gone on just in the last couple of days has a much bigger impact potentially yeah. on recruiting than oh, losing absolutely. your offensive coordinator. Absolutely, no doubt yeah. about that. Like, what's what's interesting, and you know, having worked with some teams and stuff like that, is when you talk to players, you know, because. They end up at one school, but obviously they were recruited by other schools as well. And then you hear stories about how, you know, the way other schools recruited them and stuff like that. And like you talk about negative recruiting and the guy who's coming to uh, to play basketball with his team tomorrow night at Notre Dame is a uh, notorious negative recruiter. Leave it at that. Fair enough. Salty. Well, Parker. Oh, no. We already used that one. Sorry. I'll take that one out of there. 
Matthew, why does Notre Dame refuse to go all in? Look at Duke basketball. Does anyone think less of Duke as a school? I'm not asking Notre Dame to buy one-and-done caliber players, but just invest in elite coaching. I guess I need a little clarification on this. Because, number one, is Duke investing in elite coaching? Because when they hired Mike Krzyzewski, I believe he was coming from, what, Army? Was he a quote-unquote elite coach at the time? I'm going to go with no, he wasn't. I would agree and with that. They just hired a new coach who I believe Coach K hand picked. Yeah. Right. And Shire. what they're not having a great season. So is he was he an elite coach when he was hired by Duke? I don't think so either. So I, I guess I don't see the correlation here. Duke was is a really good basketball school, but it's not because they went out and hired an elite coach. It's because the coach they hired became elite. Right. But they didn't hire an elite coach. So I guess I'm a little confused by that. So Matthew, if you're still listening, throw something else in the in the uh yeah. In the I mean, chat. it's hard Instead to compare one sport to another, and then you start talking about you know you mix one and done, and you know like, <laughs> are we talking all about football here? What exactly? Yeah, I'm just a little confused. About? I mean, I, I get the you know why does Notre Dame refuse to go all in because they've they're obviously sending a message that they are not all in and. Again, this is something we talked about last night, that they appear completely content after getting the college football playoff expanded to 12. You know, this, this again, is the kind of message that that says we're completely content by getting in the playoffs, you know, and being in the playoffs, saying we're in the playoffs, but we're not, we're not going all in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Chi-Town, Vincent Sean, is it possible that Andy Ludwig just had a bad interview? It is not because Andy Ludwig accepted the position. Yeah. And they so, wouldn't have they wouldn't have sat at that hockey game for everybody to right. see if if they weren't planning on hiring him. Right. Because you didn't see Coach Klein at the hockey game, by the way, or right. any other sporting event because it didn't go great. Right? I mean, and it was both sides, but it didn't go great with Klein. And they didn't parade him around after that. It was like, hey, okay, get on a plane, head back to, you know, Kansas State and call it a day. That's fine. No big deal. Do your thing. It it didn't go well. The interview with Ludwig went really well. Enough so that they offered him the position, right? And he accepted and was planning on bringing his offensive line coach. And based on everything we've been told, it's, it's what we've been talking about. It's not that he had a bad interview. Right. Yep. 
you know, unless Swarbrick didn't like, you know, what he said in the interview. I don't know. You know, like if Freeman was fine. Yeah, I, no clue about that. But. True. Brent says he's decided to no longer support Notre Dame as a second rate team. $200 jerseys, $90 polo shirts, $40 hats, $100 tickets, 365 mile drive to LA, hotel and parking. Enough is enough. That's all fine and dandy, Brent, but just make sure that you keep tuning into our shows. And, That's right. You know, a bunch of frustration. You don't have to spend it. any money on any of that. Just show up here and pretend. That's right. And I get but it. Seriously, hey, you know, like let your money do the talking. That's really the only yeah. way. And then the, the unfortunate part is you're never going to get enough people to think the way you do, Brent. And they're never going to all talk <clears throat> with their pocketbooks, right? To use a term from the 1920s. Nobody, nobody is going, not enough people are going to follow what Brent has to say. I get it, man. I understand where you're coming from. And there was a point last year where now, full disclosure, I haven't purchased a ticket to go to another Dame anything in quite some time. Okay. Because I cover the teams. And if I want to go to a game, I'm going to go to a game. But there was a there was a team on campus that I didn't support for a whole year because I didn't believe in what they were doing. I didn't go to any of the games. I didn't watch any of them on TV. Nobody noticed. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nothing changed. Vince was holding out. Nobody cared. Made me feel the great. World went on. That's <laughs> right. Nobody. They didn't change anything because I did that. You know what I'm saying? So I get where Brent's coming from. I get the frustration. I 100% do. But you know, at the end of the day, why are you an Notre Dame fan in the first place? Don't let that ruin it. That's what I'll say. Yeah. And, you know, as we shift into basketball, no elite basketball coach will come to Notre Dame after this debacle, no support. I mean, it's, it, it's possible, but makes Notre you Dame wonder, even, makes you Notre wonder what targeting what going after. And, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Makes you wonder who they're even looking at you know, in terms of that basketball opening. Yeah, right. right. Are, are they targeting elite guys? Are they targeting mid-major guys? Like, who is? Because we haven't. Look, I think they're going to go under the radar route. I do too. They're not going to make a splash. They're not going to go out and pay a men's basketball coach a bunch of money. They Again, I, you know, I think they're completely fine with, you know, that the mold of Mike Bray, and remember Mike Bray came from Delaware. He obviously right. had the connection to Duke, but he came from yep. Delaware. Someone who's taken some teams to a couple of tournaments and, and you know, can maybe overachieve a little bit. I think that that's, that's probably it. They're, they're not going to go out and spend a bunch of money and, and make a big splash. That's, that's what I would put. I would put my own money on that right now, that you're not going to see a big name type guy or even a middle tier type name guy come in the door and coach that team yeah i i completely agree with that and i don't i don't know that this will have any effect on who notre dame brings in from a basketball standpoint but right now the best thing for the basketball coaching search is the football coaching search because they're flying so under the radar right now with everything they're looking to do so and it also helps that basketball season is currently going on right so yeah uh, Greg, according to ESPN's Heather Denich, Ludwig got cold feet and backed out. Take that for what it's worth. It's info from ESPN. I have no problem with ESPN. The, the only question here is who's feeding her that information? Exactly. Because that is, that is you know, that is basically. That's spin, baby. That's exactly it. That, that is Insane. spin. 
Put it yes. in the washing machine because that yes. is spin. Someone who wants someone to hear that told yes. her that. I don't, I don't I don't believe that for a second. Uh, I believe all the reporting because a lot multiple people have the same reporting on what happened. You know, right. multiple people on this beat have the same reporting about what happened. So yep. I'm I'm much more willing to believe that. And, and, you know, Heather Dennich is a good reporter, but it's, again. Oh, she is. And she's giving her that information right. because everyone has different sources. And a report like that is totally a matter of who gave her the information. Where did it come from? Correct. And uh, I do want to bring this one up. It just came in. JP says, okay, guys, so hear me out. Initially, the admin misread the buyout. They went back yesterday with the full buyout and Ludwig said no. Andy made a run last night and were rebuffed. They did not make a run last night based on my sources. Everything that happened today was in the works last night. So as far as I can tell, um, based on who I talked to. So I don't think that that is accurate, JP. But you never know. I mean, I can only 100% go by what my sources tell me. And I wasn't there. I wasn't in the room. So... There could have been a faction that was doing that and a faction that was going on with plan B. There That's was there was too. talk in different circles last night that that was going on, that there was yeah. still a push that maybe they were going to get Ludwig back. And whether that happened or not, I mean, that doesn't even matter at this point because now we have a completely different scenario that this is all running down the tracks on. Right, so. exactly. At the end of the day, we know what's going to happen. And that's what we get to talk about. Gavin says he read somewhere Bray isn't leaving. I don't know where you saw that. Now, he well, there was the thing last week about maybe he's not done coaching. That's right. not going to be here. He's If he coaches, you know, like Tom Noy has even said, he might just go down to Florida and help coach his grandkids' youth basketball team. You know, so right. he says he he's, he's not, not done, done coaching, coaching, but he's done coaching at Notre Dame. This Correct. is it. Correct. And look, if Mike Bray decides he still wants to coach, this is a brilliant move by him at this point to put his name in into the wind because administrations are starting to think about if they're going to make a change for their coaches, right? Because we're getting, we're, we're a stone's throw away from March, right? And Mark, Mike Bray's putting his name out there. If that's exact, if that's in fact what he wants to do, if he's not just like you said, wanting to go down and coach his grandson's team. Right. Right. So Maybe he's just putting his name out there just to, hey, let everybody know I mean, that, hey, I'm not coaching I'm sure he can go find another college coaching job oh, somewhere. Absolutely. I have no idea what level it would be at, but there's still a lot of people who respect the job that he did here at Notre Dame. But yep. you're going to go anywhere. You're going to have to, you know, kind of like Brian Kelly, you're going to have to put more time into recruiting to get guys into your – and I know that there were some guys that he just missed out on. You know, that, that happens all the time, but – Still need to have a backup plan. You know, right? right. Right. Absolutely. The bottom line is he's not coaching at Notre Dame next year. How does that explain the front court? You know? That's all we're worried about. That's all that's all that we care about. Thanks for the super chat, Brandon. We appreciate it. What happened to the other OCs we were considering? Why does it seem Jared is the only candidate? Do you guys have any info on this? Well, we were considering like 10 different offensive coordinators i don't know that marcus freeman was considering those different coordinators that's the difference right our job is to put out the possibilities of who's out there right and you're looking at a list of like eight to 12 different guys 
I don't think the list was that long for Marcus Freeman, right? We know Klein was on the list. He came in for an interview, didn't go so hot. We knew Ludwig was on the list. He came in for an interview, was offered the job, didn't work out. Now they're moving on to Parker, we believe. And then it's over. Like, I don't think the list was all that long. Maybe they vetted some other guys. Maybe there were some conversations here and there. Sure. But I don't think it ever got to the serious point. Yeah. I would agree with, you know, and some of these guys like um, Moorhead, I think, ended up getting a raise to stay at Akron and stuff like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, some of these guys didn't make it through the initial vetting process. You know, like you heard the names of the people who actually interviewed on campus. It was a short list. So like Notre Dame might have been interested in some of these other people. It didn't mean they were all interested in them, which is something that we talked about from the beginning. Like you can't gauge mutual interest until you first reach out and you know let let them know that you are interested sure. in them that's that's what the initial part of any of these right it's like sending like. sending the note across the classroom you know <laughs> are are you interested circle yes or no Check yes or no yeah i mean that's basically what it is they want to make sure that there's mutual interest because you don't want to have egg on the face of anybody at that point right i mean that and where notre dame is right now it's got egg on his face uh, egg on their face because of the whole situation, right? Because they went all in on Ludwig, they thought, until they weren't anymore. There was a question that I just saw a second ago that I didn't get starred before we kind of kept going on. But uh, I'm well, and, and people are wondering what Tommy's buyout was. I don't know the number because Notre Dame's contracts, it's a private university, so we don't know those answers. Yeah. But I'm sure there was one. I mean, there had to be one. We just don't hear those numbers as much. Right. I did see somebody, you know, bring up the point um, of, you know, like you've had Tommy Reese moved on, Brian Kelly, uh, Clark Lee. You know, there were there had to be buyouts for all three of them. Like, sure. So Notre Dame got buyouts. <laughs> so if Notre Dame got buyouts for them, why is it such a big deal to pay a couple buyouts for guys that your head coach wanted? And it, right. I, I mean, it remains a great question, but they obviously weren't willing to do it. And again, it goes back to the corporate mindset. They've got that money. They're not anxious oh. to spend it. They want to keep it once they get it back. So that's, I think, kind of what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen I've seen a lot of questions in their comments about, you know, where what is Marcus Freeman's mindset right now based on the lack of support, right, and, and, and who he wanted. I'm sure he's pissed. I mean, I, I don't know this for sure. I didn't call him up and ask him. <clears throat> I'm sure he's pissed about the whole situation. But he pivoted pretty stinking fast by going out and getting a new quarterbacks coach who just accepted a new job at Wisconsin, by the way. That had to be one heck of a sales pitch, huh, Sean? Like, all of a sudden, you get a call, and, you know, you're just you're kind of settling into your new office at Wisconsin doing some recruiting. Oh, hey, Marcus is calling. What's up, coach? Hey, you want to come be the quarterback's coach at Notre Dame? Yup. Already got my stuff, Pat. Like, that had to be one heck of a conversation. Right. You know, to get him to just do an about face and come to Notre Dame. So, I give Marcus Freeman a lot of credit not to just sit there and be pissed, but then to go and, you know, activate the next plan of attack. He activated it quick, man. Like, quick. He did. He circled it up and, and figured it out. And again, I mean, it, it does seem like it's shaping up to be, you know, kind of a, you know, pretty big internal tug of war. See how this all plays yes. out. 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of good questions tonight. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.